0: The following program contains elements of programming that are previously recorded and may appear as live.
1: Welcome to Hope Reigns, a show brought to you by Eight Days of Hope, where we share God-sized stories from the mission field all around the country. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Tiber and Mike Fiella.
2: Well, welcome to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope, where we share God-sized stories from the mission field. And right now, today, In the mission field in Kentucky and Texas, volunteers are serving families in need after the recent natural disasters. And so hang out with us a little bit. My name is Steve Tiber, hanging out with a dear friend of mine. His name is Mike Fiala. Mike. How are you, my friend? I
0: am doing well. It's been an exciting start to this new year. I still think that
2: we've just started and we just got rolling. Mike, it's the Uh, middle of March. What's the start of the new year? That was like two months ago, brother. Are are you still thinking it's January? Just because you live in Buffalo and there might be still some snow on the ground. That's it.
0: I knew there was something. Looking out the window. But no, Uh, we just hit the dirt running this year. You know, there's so much going on with... Uh, the Ministry, sure. and it's just it's very, very exciting, so looking forward to another show today to hear what God's doing.
2: so eight days of hope, we respond to disasters, natural and human, and right now, because of two natural disasters, one in Kentucky flooding on the eastern side of the state, volunteers are wrapping up ten days of serving in Beattyville, Kentucky. Today's their last day, Mike, and they have mm. seen God move time and time again. They've met. Dozens of families by gutting out That's their right. houses and, and cleaning out the mud that came into their homes, helping them get rid of their furniture that sure. got damaged. And we did laundry. Laundry, you know, yeah. I think there was like 300 loads of laundry was done oh, my. Uh, from our, our, our ladies who were leading that. And sure. I think a gentleman was involved as well. And, and they used that laundry trailer that Eight Days of Hope has, eight washers, eight dryers. But they were sharing the gospel by doing people's laundry for free. You know, we always say the hands and feet
0: of Jesus. You can't get any more hands and feet than taking somebody's laundry and and cleaning it up and giving it back to them. That is incredible.
2: Also today, Mike, we have volunteers, well, God has volunteers with 8 Days of Hope in Texas. Uh, You know, we've been in Houston. Uh, We were there, Mike, four years ago after Harvey, three years ago, rebuilding, what, 1,100 homes in 24 days, three eight-day trips, Mm -hmm. hence the name 8 Days of Hope, where skilled and less skilled people You know, thousands and thousands and thousands of volunteers came and served. Well, right now, we don't have thousands of volunteers. We have dozens of plumbers. And all they're doing, Mike, is they're going house to house, and they're finding families. They're finding helping widows and elderly couples, single moms, cancer patients, families who don't have the means to hire a plumber. Plumbers right now are out 60 to 90 days in Texas. Oh, my.
0: And we're still back at a safe house. Elijah Rising, right?
3: we yes, some plumbing okay. there, too. Thank
2: you. So we also, so that's the natural disaster part. We're in Kentucky, Texas. Learn more about it. Go to the website 8daysofhope.com. Uh, but also, we started a new arm about a year ago, Mike, where we build safe houses for those rescued from sex trafficking. Okay. Uh, not the... Funnest topic to talk about sure. on a Saturday.
0: But real, it's happening.
2: It is happening. It's the fastest growing crime in the world. But the first project we ever did was uh, is in between uh, is right outside Houston. I'll just say that. It's called Elijah Rising, and the two homes that we renovated. To provide a safe place for females who've been rescued mm-hmm. from trafficking, they can stay there multiple years for free the 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 pipes the from pipes. the road to the homes broke, okay. And so volunteers mm. very quickly went down there, and as they were working on that plumbing, the house that we didn't work on their pipes had problems as well. And so um, we're we're not only helping out families in need, but we're also helping out some safe houses in need. So it's been a busy, Mm. busy, busy start to this new year.
0: Talk a little bit about that, because we say we're going down and fixing the plumbing. Those supplies are not... Too available too much available at this point. How does yeah. that all come about?
2: You know, whenever God opens a door, Mike, we, we um we we follow the Holy Spirit and, okay. and you know, eight days of hope, there's forty thousand volunteers who served with us. We've done about fifty five million dollars of work for free really? over the last fifteen years, mm. except for four staff members. It's it's <laughs> hundred and seventy seven volunteer leaders leading the ministry. But when God opens up a door, we go. And and that's what happened in Texas. The ice storm hit. We had some friends in the ministry saying, Hey, remember you helped us with these homes? Mm-hmm. Some of those homes pipes burst because they were in the attic. They weren't insulated. It wasn't nothing that we did wrong or anyone else did wrong. It was just it was a record freeze. Yeah. And so we had to make a decision. And so what we do, when we make our decisions, we pray. And then we move, if God tells us to move. Now, if he says, don't move, and he's done that a couple of times, we we don't move. I said,
0: stop, don't don't go ahead. But we had to
2: go buy all these plumbing supplies because there was none available in Texas. So we went out, we bought a huge amount of plumbing supplies, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of plumbing supplies. And then when we got there, we realized a week into it that we needed more plumbing supplies. So, oh boy. Um, you know, we're so thankful that people have donated to 8 Days of Hope. And if today you feel like you want to make a difference uh, to help us help those in need in Kentucky or in Texas, you can donate online at 8daysofhope.com or you can mail a check uh, to PO Box 3208 3208, Tupelo, Mississippi. 38803 that address is on our website and our Facebook page and we'll give it to you again one more time at the end of the broadcast.
0: Well can we go back on something real quick cuz we when we say donate uh, can we can we go back to this one little story sure. wasn't there a time I believe it was in was it in Houston when there was a sponsor and then they backed out because of whatever reasons. Cedar Rapids, and,
2: Iowa. Okay. Yes. Thank
0: you for bringing because I know you you know all the details. Oh yeah, yeah. And what did the leadership do to put their oh, money wow. where their mouth was? Oh my this gosh! This is a great testimony. Yeah,
2: Mike. So we were in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, at the end of 2008. They had a major flood, and okay. we had a grant that was uh, we we were told we we got it, and unfortunately, um, apparently uh, we're faith based, and unfortunately right. that some people that were part of that grant. Didn't know that or didn't feel super comfortable with that. Okay. And so the Thursday before the Saturday, day number one of Eight <laughs> Days of Hope, oh boy. Um, we lost a quarter million dollar grant. Wow. And so I remember getting, I forgot, you know, it's, thank you for bringing this up. So we brought all the leaders in a room and said, okay, guys, we got a situation. Guys and ladies, we got a situation. Mm. Um, we have all these volunteers. I think 1,800 people came to Cedar Rapids and we end up rebuilding what? 150 homes roughly, give or take 20. Um, And and I said, whoever's got a Visa card and you have some credit available (laughs) on it, you know, pray about it. But if you could put it in this bowl and we're just going to trust that we're going to be able to buy a quarter million dollars of building materials based on the Visa cards of the then 15 leaders of the ministry. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, some people had multiple cards. And then, you know, we had one or two that said, you know, either I don't have one or oh, there's not much room on mine. Um, but it was a step of faith and we didn't know it was Abraham and Isaac, that moment mm. of like, where's God going with us? And
0: see, I wanted to bring that up. I wanted the listeners that really hear this, I get goosebumps every time I hear this story because it's, it's a step of faith. It's, it's kind of putting your credit card where your mouth is, or money where your mouth is, yeah. whatever well, you say. But could, no, it, you, God, God you, honors it, is what I'm getting at.
2: And, and so here's the great news to the end of the story, is so we prayed about it, and you know we had probably 20 or 30 credit cards that we were ready to use, oh personal boy. credit cards, mm-hmm. and, and me telling the leaders like, I know we'll reimburse you at some point. Not sure how that's going to look, but it was that step of faith. Mm-hmm. And don't you know, Mike, I mean, mm. not 90 minutes after wow. that, that that group prayer, that group, here's my credit card in, sure. into the bowl, um, they, um, they did a 180 and they said, you know what? we're comfortable with supporting you guys and you know, that's, that's how God moves. He always, you know, supplies, um, the need when he wants to supply it. So here
0: folks hear the step of faith. That's why i want to bring that story up again. Hear the step there as you step. And that we, we do on occasion after occasion, we just say, we didn't raise funds ahead of time. We just went. Or if God's calling you to come and volunteer for eight days of hope, you know, and you have to leave your job, your family for a bit, You'll be touched. You'll be blessed. Uh, Provision will be there. So, again, we just appreciate all the business. You know, businesses that come out and donate their time and Absolute, their supplies and absolutely. their their help, it's yeah. it's great. And we've
2: got some great national partners. Go to our website. Our national partners cover our fixed cost, and uh, just check them out. A couple of them: New Point Community Church in Ohio, the Chapel in Western New York, Our Saviors Church in Louisiana, Renaissance Bank in Mississippi, Barnes Crossing Auto Group in Tupelo. Great family with multiple dealerships in multiple states. If you're ever looking for a car or a truck or a vehicle, that's where we get all of our trucks, Barnes. Crossing Auto Group in Tupelo, and so many other partners. But go to our website, 8 Provia Building Materials uh, out of Ohio. They also have plants in Mississippi uh, and others too, but they cover our fixed costs. So thankful for them. All right. So today, Mike, we're going to be talking to a plumber. Mm. He makes his living. Plumbing in the state of Delaware, and he heard about what was going on in Texas—that there was a major ice freeze, and that all these families who lost their electricity and their power and their pipes froze. The you know the power's back on in okay. 99% of the communities, sure. but they don't have running water. Mm. Think about not having running water, Mike. Oh, no! What no. do we lose when we lose running water? Well,
0: you can't. You can't. Certainly, you can't drink water, you can't cook, you can't take a shower, can't do your laundry, um, can't clean anything, Right. Uh, what else?
2: Can't flush the toilet. (laughs) I mean, think about those things. (laughs) I'm thinking about all the things that we take for granted. You know, every time I brush my teeth, I turn it on and the water comes out. Well, what if you leave? This is weeks, Mike. We're on the fourth week Sure. and people don't have water to do the basic things like taking a shower, going to the restroom, brushing their teeth, making soup washing their dishes and yet plumbers today Mm. um, you know god has sent these plumbers these are professional plumbers with eight days of hope today they're outside of austin texas they're in the houston texas they're in the suburbs of houston and they have been there for weeks serving people for free
0: yes and i'm just going to say they're not writing up a bill and sending those to you eight days of hope is providing the supplies a place to sleep food to eat and they come in and donate their time and, and work
2: I love it. And when you say the word work, let's change it to serve.
0: Okay. You're right. You're be, right.
2: You know, be, And the reason why is because they are working. I get it. Because they left they left pick, making a paycheck. Right. And they're serving. Mm. And this happens all the time. This is what happens, Mike. You serve somebody, you fix their pipe, and it normally would cost them three, four, or five hundred dollars. They can't get a plumber there for six or eight weeks. And then the family we're serving says, why did you leave Delaware to come serve me? Mm, there you go. And then you get a chance to share how you know Jesus.
0: As you always challenge us, our three-minute testimony. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. like that.
2: Well, you know, my thought is that, you know, sometimes we're, us believers, we're so excited to share our 40-minute journey of how we met Jesus, and we shared 94 <laughs> verses, sure. and, and, and you lost the people after five minutes because their right. head's spinning. Mm-hmm. So we tell the volunteers, right or wrong, we said, hey, come up be able to share your story sure. of how you met Jesus in 3 minutes. Absolutely. And then shush up and let mm-hmm. him ask questions and let's see what God does.
0: And and they will. And then you don't have to worry about God'll give you something to just to say a a, a a line or two. I mean, when I was in Alabama years and years back and that first question, well, why why would you come from New York mm-hmm. to stand on my property? And you know, it was, it was just simple um If you knew Jesus the way he's touched my life, I know you would do the same thing. And he says, Jesus, like question mark, and then I was able to share a little bit more and, and pray with the gentleman, and who knows where he is today. But sure. I do know his house has been fixed. <laughs> <laughs> I love
2: that. I love that. Again, more information about the ministry, go to 8daysofhope.com, 8daysofhope.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Hey, when we come back in a minute, we want to share some God-sized mission uh, stories from the mission field, and we're going to be talking to one of our leaders. His name is Don Milam. He's a plumber from the state of Delaware, and he's in Texas as we speak, fixing people's pipes for free. All in the name of Jesus. Gotta love it. We'll be back in a minute. you listen to Hope Rains. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope.
1: Here's Steve Tiber, president of Eight Days of Hope.
2: Eight Days of Hope exists to love and serve those in need. Over the past 15 years, over 40,000 volunteers have served over 7,000 families after natural disasters. We've also renovated and rebuilt facilities to bring hope and healing to those rescued from sex trafficking. At Eight Days of Hope, we travel coast to coast in the name of Jesus to minister to the brokenhearted. For more information, as always, please visit our website, 8daysofhope.com.
1: Eight Days of Hope is now located in three different areas around the country.
2: Our national headquarters is located in Tupelo, Mississippi. Our Northeast satellite is in Buffalo, New York, and our Midwest satellite just opened up in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. God has provided three facilities for us to respond on a moment's notice to love and serve those in need. We would love to add additional monthly partners as we continue to grow. If you're interested in supporting 8 Days of Hope, please click on the Donate tab on our website at 8daysofhope.com.
1: Please consider supporting 8 Days of Hope today.
2: to Hope Rains, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope, Natural Disasters, Mike, um, st- Even with a pandemic, they keep happening. And right now, today, we're in Kentucky helping families with the flooding challenges they had of a couple weeks ago. We're wrapping up, uh, what, 10, 11-day outreach there. And we're still in Texas, Mike. Plumbers today. Plumbers only. This has been a very unique trip that if you know how to do plumbing, you could be a professional plumber, an apprentice, uh, a maintenance person, a handyman, handywoman who knows about fixing pipes that burst. Sure. Do you know how to pick do you know how to fix pipes?
0: Um, no, okay. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: I know the difference
0: between galvanized and copper, though. So, okay. I mean, that's a, right. that's a start.
2: Well, they, there's something called Flex now. They have a lot of different new products right. that, that, that yeah. they're using. But, you know, Eight Days of Hope, Mike, when the ice freeze happened in Texas, we, we moved pretty quickly because mm. that's who we are. God opened up a door, and we were so thankful that a group of people were able to leave the comforts of their own home and head to the Houston market where we know and love so many people from our time there after Hurricane Harvey. And one of them is with us today, Don Milam. Don, good morning. How are you, my friend?
3: I'm doing fine. How are you guys?
2: Man, we are doing great. you got a radio voice, I was just going to say that. He's got that deep voice. Yeah,
0: like, uh, hi, I'm Don. I (laughs) do plumbing. No, I'm just kidding.
3: (laughs) Thanks for joining Uh, us. I'm the maintenance guy. There you go.
2: There you go. We love it. Don, thank you for joining us today. You're one of the 40,000 volunteers who have served with 8 Days of Hope. Before we even get into how you learned about the ministry, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about who Don is, um, where you live. Um, maybe your family situation, your, your, what you do for a living, all that good stuff.
3: Well, I am 51 years old, and I am a recovered alcoholic and drug addict. And I currently work at local church as their maintenance-slash-facilities manager. Um, I'm single. I don't have any children. I don't have a house payment. I don't have any bills. So I'm free to come out here and serve the rest of the world on a moment's notice sort of like Paul was in the Bible, you know?
2: First of all, wow, because, Don, I know you. I didn't know everything you just shared. I knew most of what you just shared, but I'm looking at Mike. Mike, there's so many different lanes we can go down here. (laughs) Yes. Um, Let's talk for a second, Don, though. Um, You said that you're a recovered alcoholic, drug addict. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe share a little bit more about that journey with the listeners? Because so many times the enemy tries to convince somebody with a past that they're not worthy to Hmm. do kingdom work. But share with a little bit of listeners just a little bit about that personal journey.
3: Um, The enemy kept me down for 33 years of, you know, drug and alcohol abuse, feeling worthless. And, you know, I never really could find a purpose to life. And just one day out of the blue, well, to tell you the truth, it was the first time I ever tithed at church, was the last day that I had a drink. And, uh, wow. you know, in the Bible, it speaks about, you know, test me in this, test God in that, and that He will pour out blessings more than you can possibly handle. Well, for that that tithe that day, He gave me back my entire life. That was, uh, it will be nine years ago this month. Praise and. uh God. I guess about four years ago, you know, having all those things taken out of my life, I started to feel God tugging at me more and more to get out of just working with alcoholics and addicts in the jails and institutions, and coming out here and spreading the good news to other people who may not be in those meetings yet, that, hmm. that there is a meaning to life, and it's to serve God, you know, and to go out here and spread the good news. That, that that is what to do instead of that bottle or, you know, that, that drug or whatever you're doing. So, so me finding Eight Days of Hope was phenomenal. I had no idea that something like this existed to give me meaning. So, um, so, Don... Anybody can do it.
0: I like that. You're right. Anybody can do it. Willing heart. Fill that in just a little bit, because most stories and testimonies don't start with a tithe conversion type of thing. So you were going to church for a while and had relationship yeah. with Christ? Or how, tie that in a little bit.
3: Well, as a child, seeds were sowed into my life. But then as a teenager, I walked away from the church. And, you know, as an adult, the alcohol and drugs and the, the rest of the world basically okay. took over. Um, when, the, when the addictions got really bad, I knew that there was something good going on at the local church because I would see the people out in the parking lot or I'd see signs for things going on. Mm-hmm. And I remember back when I was a kid, you know, that was a good place to be. And they were doing things that meant something. So I decided if I started going to church, maybe something would rub off on me. Mm. And luckily, the church that I walked into uh, didn't have a problem with me coming in there hungover or, you know, smelling <laughs> dead or any of that stuff. And the craziness that can accompany an addict yeah. or an alcoholic, oh, and they, sure. they welcome me with open arms. Oh, wow. uh, Amazing. And God really started to, to knock on my heart about giving some money, because I was, I was coming there, and I was eating the spaghetti dinners, and I was sitting there doing the Bible studies and using heat and air conditioning, and I thought this one weekend, man, I should just write a check. Put it in my pocket that way next week I'll have it. Because, of course, when you have an addiction, oh, yes. you have direct deposit with the drug dealer sure. oh, or the bar or whatever. And, and I finally did it that one weekend with nothing in my mind. I had no preconceived notion. And it actually took about six weeks of not drinking and drugging before I realized that that was the moment that he took all that stuff away was when I gave wow. that 10%. Amazing.
2: And you've been um, one day at a time. Nine years later, now and serving in the mission field with the ministry called Eight Days of Hope. We're talking to Don Milam. He's uh, a resident. Uh, Don, you live in Delaware, I believe, right? Yes. So, Don, you're living in Delaware. You 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 work maintenance at a church. Um, you've been nine years sober, and God opens up a door for you to serve with the ministry called Eighties of Hope. How did you learn about the ministry Eighties of Hope, and where was your first trip with Eighties of Hope?
3: <laughs> I had I had been working a regular job as a, a maintenance man for a company, working fifty hours a week, and it was. A little, about three and a half years ago, I decided that God had something better in mind for me. So I trained a replacement, told my boss what was going on, and I quit my job. And I decided I was going to drive around the country and see some sights and see if God snatched me up and put me somewhere. I drove down to Key West, and, and then I was coming up around the Gulf. And as I'm going through Houston, this was March of 2018, I kept hearing these commercials for eight days of hope, looking for volunteer electricians and carpenters. And I thought, these guys are crazy. Volunteers, like, make sandwiches and mow grass. They got a radio commercial going. They're going to attract a whole bunch of crazy people. I love it. I got to see what happens with this type of thing. So I signed up for all two weeks, and I got there, and I loved it. I stayed three or four extra days trying to complete a house that I was rewiring there, and I fell in love with it. I knew right then that that was what God was looking for me to come out and find was you guys. Mm. And I just kept coming back.
0: That's awesome, Don. So so tell us a little bit about your experience this last trip uh, in in Texas there. You're doing some plumbing and something stick out in your mind of some of the houses you worked on, folks you met, you know, talk about that just a little.
3: I think uh, one of the greatest things down there was all the community support for what was going on. Mm. That's People good. coming by and dropping off plumbing supplies, all the local churches that got involved, and neighbors helping neighbors. You know, we would pull up to a house, and during a typical disaster, you'd see piles of debris, or you'd see the roof blown off, but not with this. Right. You'd walk inside, and maybe there was some drywall down, but the biggest thing was that there's no clean drinking water. You can't take a shower. You can't use a toilet. It was terrible, but... Th- Almost every house I went to, a neighbor would come over to help support what we were doing. Oh, that is so and cool. And I love that, where somebody would say, oh, my neighbor had repaired this leak, you know, but I needed it fixed farther on down the line. Hmm. I just thought that that was amazing how everybody gets together during something like that.
2: Mm. It's amazing to, to just see the body of Christ respond on a moment's notice. And, and, you know, it sounds like you have some flexibility Uh, So you've been on multiple trips now with AD's Hope. Where are some of the other places? Before we come back to Texas, what are some of the other places you've gone to, Don?
3: Benton, Pennsylvania; Newburn, North Carolina. Um, I'm here in Kentucky right now. Um, (laughs) Of course
2: you are. Panama (laughs) City
3: (laughs) Beach. (laughs) Uh, I can't think of any of the others. So, so so you wanted Cedar Rapids, Iowa? There you
2: go. There you go. So you wanted to travel the country. You just didn't know you'd be doing it with a ministry called Eight Days of Hope. There you go. Again, thank you for joining us this morning. You're, you're listening to Hope Rains, It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. I'm Steve Tyber, hanging out with Mike Fial. And we're talking to Don Milam. Don is one of our 181 leaders who travel on a moment's notice and have led 40,000 volunteers to serve families after natural disasters, um, and also uh, our new storm in the ministry, where we build facilities, uh, safe houses for those rescued from sex trafficking, I often say human disasters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don, so you're in Texas and you're working, um, did you not work alongside another plumber or two? And if so, where were they from?
3: I did. Um Charles, who is from North Carolina originally, Doug, who is from Kentucky. Uh, Terry, I think, lives around Tupelo. Yeah, Mississippi. And I also worked with a couple of the local guys there. And lo and behold, there was uh, a group there from Maryland, which was pretty phenomenal (laughs) to see. So all over the place.
2: Now I I don't know about you, Mike, but sometimes when I hear about volunteers from New York hanging out with people from Alabama and Mississippi and in Iowa and in Minnesota, right? All of our Yo. good friends around the country. Um, you learn some new words, Mike. You really do. You, or 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 they may be, it might be a word you know, but you just never heard it pronounced that way.
0: Yeah, talk <laughs> about a melting pot. <laughs>
2: uh, what was the reception like, Don, from the families and the community? I know that uh, we worked with 4B Disaster Response Network an organization that we actually helped launch after Hurricane Harvey and then partner with them on those three eight-day trips after Hurricane Harvey. But what was some of the uh, responses, and how did it feel, you know, be down in Houston? And I know that you said neighbors were showing up, but what are some of the things that you saw while you were there?
3: Well, you know, a lot of people don't want to accept help. Um, And if they do accept help, some of them don't want you to come in their house because you're a stranger Um, but they, you know, we were able to crack them open and get in there and do what we needed to do. I, my part of it was typically underneath of someone's house. Um, there were other guys that were working in the attics of homes. Not so great, but you know, it's got to be done. Hmm. The one thing I guess that stuck out down there was how many single people I had to work with, you know, on their homes that didn't want to reach out. And this guy, Danny, was actually a member of a local church where a friend of mine goes down there. Um, and this friend had said, hey, we, I know this guy, Danny, he's got all his supplies, but he doesn't want to call anybody for help. Mm. You think we could go over there and fix his place up? And I said, sure. So he got on the phone and he just announced to Danny that we're, we're coming over there and we're gonna fix your stuff. <laughs> we got there and of course he's a little um, you know, shady about letting us in his house. So we got in there, sure. in there well- like 10 minutes worth of work and now he can take a hot shower. <laughs> Yeah, You know,
2: it's interesting too, Mike, and uh, again, we're talking to Di Milam, who was in Texas with other volunteers with 80s Hope, helping families with their pipe, the bursting of their pipes to Mm -hmm. help bring water. What we weren't doing here, Mike, you know, we've done 15 years of these natural disasters. Normally, if we're going to fix a pipe, we do the insulation, drywall, paint, and do all the other stuff. Sure. But because there's so many families, Mm -hmm. I mean, thousands of families who had broken pipes, we, we did we we pivoted and we did something a little bit different. And we just said, Hey guys, let's just go house to house, fix the pipe that needs to be fixed today so they can have water and we'll revisit what we can do down the road. But let's get that basic necessity of water running in your house.
0: So knocking on doors, seeing if they needed help?
2: No, I, th- I think it, it was, wasn't
0: that. No, because
2: no. 4B, you know, we we helped Set them up through 4B. Yeah, 1,100 right. homes were rebuilt because of the Eight Diesel volunteers after Harvey. I think that was the low hanging fruit. How many of those families you already knew sure. who had pipes burst? Um, now, now they had hundreds of names. I believe did they not, Don? That needed help. Just that one organization.
3: A huge list of people. Hmm. So on top, there was you know some people still had damage from Harvey. So. Because to show how slowly oh that stuff can move, but getting them back up with some water mm. was paramount.
2: Wow. I, I you know, sometimes I'm speechless because we, we you know, with the pandemic you kinda of move on to the next thing. Sure. And the pandemic has been um I don't say distracting because I don't wanna you know, the pandemic's real disasters keep coming right. and f- people don't feel comfortable traveling with the pandemic. And yet here, Don and other volunteers, he not only went to, he not only <laughs> went to Texas to help out with all the pipes that burst, but now today he's in Kentucky, in Kentucky. with our other team helping flood. You know what, Don, we're going to come back to you. Can you hang on for a couple more minutes? Yep. Good. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about your time in Texas. And also, because you're in Kentucky, we're not going to avoid that topic as well. You're listening to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope.
1: Eight Days of Hope thanks Provia for their support. Provia is a manufacturer of residential exterior building products. Provia combines automation with human craftsmanship in creating their doors, windows, siding, stone, and metal roofing. More information about the variety of products is available at Provia.com. That's P R O V I A.com.
2: At 8 Days of Hope, we're going to partner with an existing ministry. And for 14 days, we'll bring skilled volunteer professionals to renovate, rebuild, or remodel facility so that more can be rescued and receive the emotional, physical, and spiritual help they need. For more information on how you can get involved with our Safe House Construction Ministry, please email us at safehouse at 8daysofhope.com or go to our website, (laughs) 8daysofhope.com.
0: for the outcast, so lost control. No one knows. Sing it for the can't go back. Sing it for the broken past. Sing it for the just found out life is now upside down. If you're looking for hope tonight,
2: Welcome back to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Steve Tiber hanging out with Mike Fiella. And uh, so thankful that you're joining us today. I love that song for King and Country Together because right now, we as a body of Christ need to be together. Mike, natural disasters are still happening. We're still in the throngs of the pandemic. And yet volunteers today, Mike, are in Texas serving families because of the sure. recent ice storm, and they're in Kentucky helping out with the flood relief efforts.
0: God is at work. How many times we've, have we said that? And it's focus. Focus in on what is happening, because there, there's a way that, that, that the Lord will work through this using people. Using folks like Eight Days of Hope, their partners, their volunteers, their donations, their prayers, God is at work.
2: I love it. You know He, uh, <laughs> and I tell you, and our guest today is Don Milam. Don is from uh, Delaware. And uh, Don is joining us. He he was in te- he was in Texas <laughs> last week, uh, helping out families with the pipes that burst. Now, before we go to Kentucky, let's start there, Don. So you were in Texas, and you were there for about a week. Was that was that five six days something like that?
3: Yep, I stayed there for five days.
2: So normally, when Eight Days Up deplo- deploys our volunteers, they sleep uh, in their RVs on air mattresses. Uh, they bring cots. They you know they sleep in large areas. But I heard a rumor that you guys slept in a different type of venue. Mm.
3: <laughs> yeah, we slept in some nice hotel rooms down there. Dad, 15
2: Whoa. years! We've never had volunteers in hotel rooms, but one of the small <laughs> perks, Mike, we had in Texas is that we were able to yeah. get that group of volunteers in a hotel room. Awesome. How did that feel to have your own shower and your own bed and not have... Twenty-four people in in the gym sleeping alongside you. How did that feel, Don? Were you were you on cloud nine? Vacation.
3: It was fantastic. It was uh, you know a little bonus before I got here to Kentucky uh, where we are sleeping in dorms, Oh,
2: I know, I, I know. So our hey, heads are
3: hit you in the belly button here.
2: Oh man, you know it's interesting. Hey, and if you're uh, a leader of a national hotel chain and you want to bless eight days of hope volunteers and want to sow into some of these ministries, reach out to us, man. Info. I-N-F-O at 8DsHope.com. We'll, we'll make you a national partner. If you're going to put up our volunteers, help them out with, with hotels. But, Don, so thankful that you got to Texas. Um, you fixed burst pipes on a typical house if they have a, a pipe that burst, and I've had one in my life, and, and it was amazing. <laughs> my house, okay, this is not about Steve, but $150,000 of damage because water ran for three days. We were out of town, and the the slit in the pipe, Don, was about an inch and a half wide. Mm. Is that what you saw in Texas, or did you see something different?
3: Um, Down there, the ones that I saw, it was older CPVC and PVC pipes, you know, the plastic type. Sure. And there was multiple splits in several sections of the pipe. Okay. So it wasn't just a a small thing. Uh, It seemed like most people were pretty good at getting their water shut off, uh, so there wasn't... $150,000 worth of damage, that's crazy.
2: Yeah, that's what you get for being in West Virginia skiing and and, and your neighbors are calling you saying, hey, I think your sprinkler's broke because you have water coming down your driveway only to find out it was coming from the Whole other story. But um, Mm. I I know Mike's got something for you, but one more thing, Don. So you were in Texas and, and you get a chance to meet and serve with people from all over the country. They really become your friends, don't they?
3: Yes, they do. Hmm. Come away with a a whole new uh, group of people that you can connect with and, uh, you know, get their point of view. One of the volunteers that they gave to me as a helper was an airline pilot. And I I was like, man, this guy's (laughs) (laughs) got super brain power. He (laughs) said that he had volunteered to take a year off of work, you know, to help save the airline because they were looking for people like that. And instead of staying home or doing flying lessons for other people, he decided that he would spend most of his week doing volunteer work with 4B. So mm-hmm. he does that three or four days every week now.
0: Wow. So, Don, tell us a little bit about your, your church. You're a maintenance guy in, in, in a local church, and but yet you're on the road half the time. How does that How does that play out?
3: Well, the the former maintenance man there was getting older, and he couldn't do as much. So they were looking for someone younger who could do a, a little bit more stuff than that guy. And just a part-timer, and the pastor at the church had heard about me, and that I did you know, disaster recovery work, and that I was a pretty good all-around maintenance guy. So he thought that that might fit well in their ministry and missions okay. meetings, sure. and with the people at the church. And uh, right. when he was doing the interview with me, he said, You know, I I know you do those missions, and uh, if you're gone for three or four weeks at a time, nobody's going to get any brain damage over it here. So uh, I went to work there, and shortly thereafter, um, I can't remember what we went to. I think it was Austin, the safe house there. So I was going to be gone for two weeks, and I came back, and there was a paycheck waiting for me and gas money and all kinds of things. So it worked out really good for us all the way around. They have a preschool there. Whole bunch of stuff to take care of.
2: Now, now, Mike, our churches have never called us to be their maintenance guys, have they?
0: <laughs> for good, reason, Steve. <laughs> good that, reasons, Steve. Good reasons.
2: That phone call never came for me, Don, I promise you. Um, you're listening to Hope Reigns, broadcast of 8 Days of Hope. Today, 8 Days of Hope volunteers are in Kentucky serving families after the recent flood of a week ago. And uh, we're still in Texas helping out families with all the burst pipes. You can uh, become a part of the family of 8 Days of Hope by signing up for for our email alerts, go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. Just submit your email address, and we will contact you anytime we go anywhere. Just like Don gets an email, and he knows where to go, and if he can make it, great. If he can't, hopefully we'll see him on the next trip. Also, you can pray. It always starts with prayer when it comes. Today in Kentucky and today in Texas, before the volunteers deployed to the families to serve them, they prayed, mm-hmm. and they're going to end the day praying. That's, that's who we are. That's what we do. Uh, please pray for the ministry. And lastly, donate. Would you consider donation today? Become a monthly partner. Go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. You can give $25 a month, $5 a month, $50 a month, more than that. Every dollar you give will be used on the front lines during a natural disaster. Our partners cover our fixed costs. You can donate online at 8daysofhope.com or you can mail a donation. And that's P.O. Box 3208. 3208 Tupelo, Mississippi, 38803. Don, you're in Kentucky, so you left Texas, you're in Kentucky, and now you're seeing flood damage. Um, Tell the listeners a little bit about what you've seen in Beattyville, Kentucky.
3: Well, we went from not enough water down there in Houston to way too much here Mm. in Beattyville, Kentucky. Um, The community that we're working in, I believe, is one of the poorest in the nation. It is. It is. So there are oh, nice. a lot of homes built right near the river where land is cheap. Of course, uh, most of the houses had about three or four feet of water in them, and it leaves behind some mud and so you know it takes some of the stuff out of your house. A lot of cars that were flooded and destroyed, and you know, there's no way for the people to replace those things. They're they're living on twelve to twenty thousand dollars a year. Oh my god! It's terrible. Oh. One of the big things out here in Kentucky is, you know, the mountain people are real close-knit, and they're leery of the strangers. But lo and behold, a lot of the local churches sent people up here to be kind of guides for us because they knew the back roads, they knew the people that would give us an end to go out there and be able to talk with them. And it worked really well because I don't think we would have got a very warm welcome at most of these houses, pulling up as strangers.
2: Hmm. Yeah, and there are some parts of the country um, that, you know, when you get into, I mean, the very rural part of of the, the state, the country, um, there are people that don't trust others. I get it. And yet now they're meeting strangers, Don, like you. When you leave, you're not going to be a stranger anymore. You're a friend, a lifelong friend. Um, I, You know, I was telling John Himes last week, we were talking to John, and I said, John, they might forget your name but they're never going to forget your face, that you were there at one of their darkest moments. Tell the listeners a little bit about some of the families that you've encountered, either here in Kentucky or elsewhere, and maybe a a reaction that you've gotten from time to time.
3: Mm. Well, here in Kentucky, uh, I went out and did some assessing work on Tuesday when I got here. And we get down into town, and there was a trailer park there that was completely flooded. Mm-hmm. I think the water was about three feet high inside the mobile homes. Uh, and the people that live there are going to have to find a new place to be because they're going to condemn the trailer park completely. Uh, you know, to, to rehab a mobile home is just about impossible with all that right. water damage in mm-hmm. there. And the people are just it, completely overloaded. The only thing that keeps them going, and praise God, he's out here in the mountains big time. These people know God uh it, intimately i don't know how else to put it um but they they really aren't that disturbed by the whole thing it's amazing you know they know that they're going to get past it they've seen things like this happen before and god's with them on the whole thing so you know it's not bad but having some help to come in and do the hard mud work and the getting stuff up to the road you know what are we going to do as far as labor because but not in real good shape sometimes. So coming in here to help out is, is fantastic.
0: So, Don, what do you what do you see personally inside of Don um, that's happening that you, if you feel the Lord's doing by what you're seeing in a different community than your uh, Texas or Houston area? Huh? What, 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 what's he stirring with inside of you when you see this?
3: In me, um, it's other people that need help. I just love to help people, you know, and, and when I reached out and needed help in my time of need while I was, you know, in the grip of alcohol and drugs, you know, some people reached their hand out to me and pulled me up out of the pit. Mm. And It's really God doing it by holding on to their hand. So that's, that's mm. what I see in the whole thing. Mm.
2: You're listening to Hope Rains. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope talking to Don Milam, one of the 177 volunteer leaders with Eight Days of Hope is today we're in Texas helping out after the ice storm and in Kentucky helping out those who suffered from flooding. And Mike, as you know, with disasters, Mm -hmm. they've they've almost become regionalized that if you don't live within an hour or two of a disaster, you don't even hear about it. And, And so Mike, did you ever even hear about the flood in eastern Kentucky?
0: If it wasn't because of Eight Days of Hope, I would say no,
2: Yeah, not, but, not right away. Right, because you know, you're focused on what's going on in your community, your family, you know, with your state, especially the pandemic. Don, um, with the pandemic, I know that we're doing things differently than we've done them for, what, 14 years. Um, and I know that sometimes that can be an inconvenience, but God has called you to be on the front lines for him mm-hmm. during a pandemic. And, and and I'm not judging anyone that says, hey, I don't feel comfortable traveling. That's fine. I res- we respect that. At some point, we're going to move past this as a country, as a world, where you can come serve with AD's Open. we're believing that's going to be sometime later this summer, early this fall, where we will be able to once again do a rebuilding trip uh, in one of these places. But, Don, during a pandemic, um, w- was it hard for you to say yes, or did you just feel like, no, I've just got to be there? I mean, what, what was going through your mind as you were weighing the pros and cons of going to Texas and now to Kentucky with Eight Days of Hope?
3: Uh, there was never a question in my mind. You know, how many times does God have to say, fear not? What he's got in store for me is uh, is good, not ev- not for evil. And I can see where people with a family would be hesitant. Sure, and, sure. You know, who wants to get sick and bring that home to their children right. or to their parents, for that matter? Right. Um, but, God bless me to be single, yeah. and and not have that to worry about. So, the fear was not a factor in the whole yeah. thing. Um, you know, I I like to be careful around the homeowners because some of them are elderly, sure, disabled. sure. Mm-hmm. And you know who wants to say, "Oh my goodness, that homeowner died because I brought COVID into yeah, their house." Yeah, sure. yeah, so, and that's and, and, and,
2: and that's the balance act that ministries mm-hmm. like Eight Days Hope is having right now. And you know, there's some ministries out there that have either shut down or have drastically changed. Now, we've modified, Mike, right? Uh, but we still believe that God has called us, and this is by the grace of God. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a statement, and doesn't mean that we're doing anything better than anyone else. We're trying that's to right. follow the guidelines we best know. But sure. Mike. Since last year, we've been all over the country serving families in need, 10 different disasters in the last 12 months, never have had that kind of outreach in 15 years, and by the grace of God, not one time during an event and outreach— as anything as someone tested positive where we had to shut down and that's god we're just praying that protection father right now i'm just going to pray right in the middle of a show Mm -hmm. continue to protect the volunteers in kentucky and texas who are serving these families protect the volunteers protect the families protect the churches we're based out of Mm -hmm. protect the cooks father we ask for that hedge of protection that's right father please in jesus Mm -hmm. name amen amen never done that before Mike. (laughs)
0: well you need to be we need to be covered in prayer you know we always go back to our basics you know and what's the first thing pray 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 pray, pray. pray, pray.
2: Mike let's do that let's wrap up with Don Don great hearing your voice brother thank you for being in Kentucky thank you for going to Texas man we are a better ministry because of people like Don because Don you're amazing um I didn't know your whole story. We're going to have to talk a little bit more down the road uh, about your story because I, too, uh, have a past. I think we all do. Right. And uh, by the grace of God, you know, for me, uh, going on year number 28. And so it is one day at a time, and um, we have something in common, my friend. Um, we have a couple things in common. We have a past, but we know where we're going uh, in the future, That's right? right. Uh, because of our relationship with Jesus. But Mike, would you pray for Don this morning, and would you pray sure. for the volunteers in Texas and Kentucky today?
0: That's right. Okay, Father, we do uphold Don, and we thank you for his life. Yes. We thank you for his deliverance uh, uh, early off from the the addictions and the testimony that will go forward to help others in in the situations. Thank you for his servanthood. Thank you for yes. all the servants that are serving and not only Kentucky, but still in Texas. And God, we just pray a blessing. As Steve already prayed, health, finances. But Lord, let your light shine in them and through them to others for your glory and your
2: honor and your praise.
0: In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
2: Thank you, Don. Please give everyone a, a elbow bump from Mike and I, and, and tell them how much we uh, appreciate them. I, I talk to Ricky Russell every day, and it sounds like the team in Kentucky is doing well. And talked to some plumbers in Texas this morning, and they're they're. Uh, I'll tell you a real quick story. So Harold Dawson, one of our leaders out of Ohio, is at a safe house in Texas called Elijah Rising, and uh, as you know, they had a nice storm because you were there. Well, yesterday, Don. He was moving a water heater and heard something move underneath the water heater. Oh, boy. A huge copperhead snake. Oh. oh, my gosh. He sent me a picture, and I don't want to scare any volunteers out there, but he sent me a picture and said, Steve, do I get hazard pay for this? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, brother, we don't pay anyone to do this. Uh, but uh, you're not going to have to mess with that, I don't think, today. I hope not.
3: Oh, I hope not, too. <laughs> I bet, I bet. Don, thank you we so much. We were just talking about the Copperheads out here last night, but we haven't seen any praise God. Oh, good.
2: Yeah. yeah, we need to pray for that, too. Don, God bless you. Thank you for all that you do for the kingdom, brother. Love you, man.
3: Hey, thank you for putting together all the the responses and the things that you do and the support for this and, and just being the leader. that well. You are great to be with you.
2: Ah, well, you're very kind. We mm-hmm. both know that uh, this is God's ministry, but thankful that you and I and Mike can be a part of it. Love That's you, right. brother. We'll see you soon.
3: God bless you. Sorry, thanks, Steve.
2: Oh, man. What a story. Exciting. So I, I, I don't even remember part of his story. Uh-huh. So let's go. We we got a couple minutes. Let's just focus on the beginning part of his personal journey. Okay. Here's a drug and alcohol addict mm-hmm. who gets saved because he steps out finally and gives a little something in the offering plate, and God convicts him. Hmm. He gives his life to Jesus. He's been nine years sober. Okay. He's single. Mm-hmm. He's a maintenance man at a church, and then he starts traveling the country with eight days of hope. Hmm. And God is using him mightily. <laughs> in the last two weeks, he's been in Texas helping out families right. with burst pipes, and today he's in Kentucky.
0: Yeah. it's What it's, a
2: journey. What a book.
0: It, you know... <clears throat> Nobody could write that book but God Himself. Mm. When you think, I mean, have you ever heard a testimony? Well, it was when I gave a tithe that God changed <laughs> me, turned my life around, and, and delivered me from drugs and alcohol by giving a tithe. That's why I had to ask him, wow. how did that? How did that play out? But uh, you know, it did, and it was God. And now, as you just said, he's traveling the country, giving to back to people and sharing his testimony and helping people in these. Areas of devastation.
2: Think about if you're a family and you meet Don today in Kentucky. Let's just let's just pretend something, but but I would venture to guess it's been true. Maybe Don hasn't known it been true, but you go to a house to help somebody, they they had a flood, they've lost all their belongings, and somebody in the house is an addict. Okay. And the family's struggling that they just lost everything. Meanwhile they're also frustrated because someone's an addict. And then right. a stranger shows up. Who's nine years sober?
0: There you go. And
2: God opens up a door for him to share his three-minute journey, like he just mm-hmm. did on the radio. Mm-hmm. And now a family sees strangers working on their house for free. Someone's ministering to the addict in the family.
0: Hey, there you go.
2: That wasn't the original tent of this ministry. The original tent was to help out one family with a roof or to paint their house after Hurricane Katrina. But here we are, Mike, fifteen mm. years later, <laughs> and God is moving in mighty ways.
0: You know. I thought of a scripture verse, and I just cued it up here, and, and I want to encourage the listeners to go back and, and read Psalm 40, the whole psalm, but in verse 2 it says, and this is what happened with Don, he lifted me out of the pit of destruction, he pulled me out of the sticky mud, not just because there were mud in the house, but he, he stood me on a rock, and he made my feet steady, and he put a song of praise in my mouth, and that song of praise isn't just singing, it's new hope, it's a new future, it's a new life. Don's been brought from what he was to what he is, and then it's going to multiply. He's going to start giving to others, and they're going to start giving to others, and it's just a snowball of Jesus happening all over again. Mm. I love it.
2: Thank you for sharing that verse. I love that, too. And and, and you could think about the families we're serving, you know, that verse applies as well. Um Wow, so much going on. Thank you for joining us th- today. You've been listening to Hope Rains. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Again, uh, right now, our volunteering in Kentucky is coming to an end. And so you cannot volunteer to help in Kentucky. I apologize. But we've been there for about 10, 11, 12 days. And the team is pulling out, I believe, tomorrow or Monday. Uh, but so thankful for the volunteers serving down there. If you'd like to help us to cover some of the costs we've incurred, we we are not whole yet. For Kentucky, yet, I believe that God will, I mean, because that's who he is. He's Jehovah Jireh. You can make a donation online at 8daysofhope.com or you can mail a donation. The address is on our website and our Facebook page and just put Kentucky in the memo line and we will honor that gift and make sure that it's used 100%. 100% in Kentucky, or Texas for that matter, because we're still in Texas. We're going to be there to the end of the month, month, Mike. But if it's feeding families at all these churches in all these states that we've been doing for the last two months, or serving people in need, uh, helping safe houses. We just completed our fifth safe house in Northeast Mississippi. We have one in South Dakota scheduled for the third quarter this year. A lot is going on in the ministry of Eight Days of Hope.
0: So much, so much. How do we keep it straight? But well, God, <laughs> I, I was
2: just saying. I don't know. Like, yeah. You got to have the answer. It, it is, but God. But uh, yeah. So, so so many ways to get involved. You know, we, we talked last week with uh, Emery Fancher, a nine-year-old girl who collected uh, cards for families in need in Texas, and then we talked to uh, Lisa McQueen. She was doing laundry for families in need right. in Kentucky. Um, Debbie White is leading the feeding team in Kentucky right now. If you can make sandwiches. If right. you can drive people, if you can make cards, yes. if you could write a check, if you could step out in faith and volunteer, mm-hmm. if you can donate tools, um, this is how God works. He brings everybody That's together, right. different ages, different skill sets, to be the light of his son, there Jesus. There is
0: something for everyone to do. Everyone can contribute something. And, uh, you know, how many times, Steve, we say it's show after show that we step out in faith, we don't prearrange, you know. Ra- wait to raise the funds. No, <laughs> right. we go out and yeah. answer the call. So answer the call, folks. Um, go to the website. You can donate. You can get your just you get your name on the, in the on the email list. Yeah, become and, a volunteer yeah. with Eight Days
2: of Hope. And there if you, you can't volunteer, or donate. I respect that. Pray for the ministry of Eight Days of Hope as well. Um, so much going on. Um, check out some of the videos too on the YouTube channel. Anyways, hey Mike. Um, we are hoping and believing and praying that we are going to be able to deploy a little bit differently than we've been the last year with the pandemic. I know we yes. have a little bit of ways to go. And we only got a minute left. But our hopes and prayers are that we're going to be able to do something in the three cities where we have facilities, Tupelo, Mississippi, Buffalo, New York, Cedar Rapids, our national headquarters, our Northeast satellite, our Midwest satellite. But we are talking with two different communities about a rebuilding trip, we one are. in Louisiana and one in Texas for the third quarter of this year. Okay. So we need to be praying people people that uh, we can get together in larger groups than we've been in the last year so we can serve those in need.
0: Pray, pray, pray. I know. Gonna, yeah. I mean, I miss that. Yeah, those those, those, groups, the rebuilds, those rebuilding well, rebuilds. That's how I first got connected with the rebuilds and, you know, been to all the, the different events, but the rebuilds are just special. Yeah,
2: they're fun. When, when you get that many people together, oh, yeah. it, it is, uh, it's a lot of fun. And in Buffalo, if we get a chance to do that outreach this summer, yes. Kingdom Bound, a Christian music festival that we are uh, always tied to. We love them and love what they do, festivals around the country. We just mm. sponsored... What, the Christian Festival Association's uh, uh, night of a virtual music festival, casting crowns for King and Country Skillet. Uh, that we was,
0: saw you on there, too. Oh, it was know. great. I, I broke your TV. I
2: know it. I know it. Anyways. Hey, thank you for joining us. Every week, uh, we're here at that same time that you're listening to right now on this channel. If you're listening on the podcast or on our website, thank you as well. You can go to our website, 8dayshope.com, and listen to past broadcasts. But, Father, we just thank you so much yes. for the volunteers in Kentucky today, in Texas. Protect them. Keep them safe. Let them be a light during a very dark time, mm-hmm. during a tough time in our country. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. God bless you, man. I love you as always. Love you too. Good to be with you this week. You've been listening to Hope Reigns. Uh, It's a broadcast heard every single week uh, of Eight Days of Hope. Thank you again for listening. We hope to see you and hear you uh, next week.